Today on Recur Now, remote product pros, we hear your plight. Plus, HBO's newest move and its subsequent confusion, and a lesson in revenue enhancement from the Instagram team. All this and more today on Recur Now. From my remote setup, it's Abby Sullivan on Friday, May 29th, a beautiful day to subscribe. We are inevitably hearing about remote work now more than ever before. It's effectiveness, downfalls, long-term implications, short-term struggles. Prior to the pandemic, remote work seemed to most seamlessly align itself with those in the content camp, the marketing gurus, the sales savants, those who could individually complete their daily tasks with supplementary collaboration via Zoom calls or in-person sprints. But perhaps less talked about is how being remote works for the product pros out there, those who rely heavily on collaboration and documentation for success. So I decided to dig a bit deeper here on the implications of remote product work and how the heck the crew in that space is getting by. To answer, does remote product work actually slow company growth? Up now, it's your deep dive story. A recent tweet by Heaton Shaw, multi-founder and product pro over at FYI and Product Habits, got me thinking about this. Product managers, it says, what's the number one question you want to ask other product managers? This one piqued my interest on product work in general, which I myself want to know more about. I figure this is likely something many in that camp are struggling with right now, amid the mandatory move to essentially instantaneously go totally remote. I also found a bit of intel on this from Heaton himself, a veteran in remote product work. The biggest trade-off of remote work is that it makes communication harder and transparency is critical. Each member of the team needs to communicate what they're working on as well as what they're struggling with at all times. So what a lot of this preliminarily comes down to to is leadership and the company at its core. If company execs aren't good at remote, Heaton says the company shouldn't act as so. If executives in the company are not good at remote, the company can't be remote. Yeah. Which means like if you have five executives, you hire a sixth one, the sixth one can't hack it remotely sure, for sure, whatever sure, reason, sure. that person should no longer be there. Yeah. Right? It's that simple. But let's say you're not given a choice. You're amid a global pandemic or something like that. Heaton says there is still hope. He believes that practicing the previously mentioned active communication leads to better product development as a whole. Product is a lot of documentation, a lot of research, specking, deliberate decision-making, and discussion that can fall through the cracks if you don't write them down, Heaton points out. The extreme advantage of remote product development is that you're forced to document everything or nothing gets done. Heaton's solution to the infamous remote communication problem was to create a Slack channel dedicated to daily updates from every member of the team. The space allows everyone to can share what they did over the weekend or how much rest they got last night, what they worked on the day before, as well as what they plan to accomplish at present. With this channel, Heaton says it's easier for him and his team to hold each other accountable for their work. So I would say that like there is an obscene advantage, an extreme advantage to remote product development in the sense of like you are forced to document things or nothing's going to actually get done or remembered. Well, and theoretically, dev productivity is higher. Because you control yes. your distractions. Right. And yeah. so if an engineer wants to like not talk to anyone, it's sure. much easier to do in a remote team than when they're sitting there and the product person can go and knock on their door or whatever or knock on their head and yeah. be like, yo, what's up with this, right? And so I think, I mean, I I can only think of it as it's better. And it's better if you're disciplined and want to be disciplined. If you don't want to be disciplined and you want to be like four or five, six, seven, ten people in a room, right, a big room, whatever, and want to just jam, Sure, that's, that feels more efficient. Yeah. But if your business starts working, you end up having all this like uh, tribal knowledge inside of people's heads which is that not never got written way. down, which is not good. And I think product specifically yeah. 
it forces you to have that deliberate sort of documentation. Companies with 500 plus employees like Automatic, Envision, and GitLab are thriving examples of those who've adopted the remote lifestyle. And with dozens more being forced to in the last few months, plus more and more technologies and tools being created to support remote workforces, distributed companies might just be the future of all work. As a product pro yourself though, I'd love to hear my listeners take. Let me know your thoughts on this one, what you're doing to better promote remote, and if the pandemic has actually changed your mind on anything in this realm, or if you're still dying to get back to the office. I can be reached, as always, at abby at profitwell.com. And now, a look at your B2B SaaS index with ProfitWell strategist Rob Leturst. Thanks, Abby. We're seeing the B2B SaaS market move along an upward trajectory this week, continuing the trend of the past 90 days. The MRR gain index, which reflects upgrades and new revenue, was down at the start of this week, likely due to the Memorial Day holiday. Since then, we've seen a steady climb upward and anticipate a move back to positive territory next week. As always, be sure to check your subscriber newsletter regularly for updates to your indices for MRR loss, MRR gain, and overall B2B SaaS trends. Now, back to Abby for your news. HBO Max launched just yesterday, AT&T's first big entertainment venture since Time Warner. But it's leaving us all a bit confused on upgrades, branding, and what's what in its extensive library. It could be due to contracts and licensing, or chalked up to messy execution. Anyone else in the dark? Instagram launched Instagram ads, further proving that user-generated content is the way to go. Not to mention, it's a baller new revenue stream for the social media titan and its influencers. Revenue enhancement, our tried-and-true friend. Lots of companies are now going fully remote, but paying remote workers could get tricky. TechCrunch outlined a few potential problems with the the pay-the-local-rate model, like base salaries under headquarters location, localizing salaries, and using national averages. Lots to consider here. Today's featured user is Deathwish Coffee, the top online coffee seller of fair trade, organic, high-caffeine blends, and creators of the world's strongest. Because who couldn't use an extra caffeinated beverage right now? Not to mention one that kills the branding game. In 2012, Deathwish Coffee Co. started in a small coffee shop in Saratoga Springs, New York. Founder Mike Brown saw a need for coffee that was both strong and delicious to serve his groggy morning crew. After creating the perfect blend of beans and combining it with his unique roasting technique, the world's strongest coffee was born. Today, thousands of people trust Deathwish Coffee to wake them up and keep them going. If you're interested in getting your buzz on, I will link to all the info you need on Deathwish in your subscriber newsletter. And that is a wrap on this week's B2B SaaS happenings. I will catch you right back here next week with more. As a reminder, we also offer a weekly version of Recur Now, a newsletter with a roundup of the best in B2B SaaS news from the week. If you'd rather receive information on a weekly basis, simply reply to me at abby at profitwell.com and I will get you on that list. This has been a Recur Studios production, the fastest growing subscription network out there. If you find use for this show, subscribe for more like it at profitwell.com slash recur.